Welcome to Ziggy Missouri Politics. Right in the middle of primary season, there's no bigger primary than the one Senator Stephen Roberts is in for Congress. Uh, Senator, welcome back to the show. Hey, honored to be here. So let's just jump right into this. Uh, you're a young guy to be in the state Senate. Um, you jump right into the congressional race. Why did you decide this is the right race and the right time for you? Absolutely. It's really what I've been seeing at the national level. You know, mm -hmm. you see all of this dysfunction, this, you know, mentality of if I don't get everything I want, then nothing gets done. And folks are looking for f people who can bring compromise. You can actually get things done. And it's just, as you know from my record, being able to navigate a super Republican majority and still get big wins for the city of St. Louis, that's the type of leadership that we need in Congress. Uh, Congressman Clay, historic figure, historic family in Missouri history, Missouri politics. Uh, defeated by now Congresswoman Bush. What are the differences between your, I mean, you're both Democrats, you're both from the city. What's the differences between the two of you? I'd say the main difference between us is, you know, I'm not someone out seeking attention or just trying to say something trendy like defund the police. I'm the guy who comes in and works hard and brings results to the community. You know, it, it's easy to say something that's catchy and gets a lot of shares on social media, but what's much harder is to deliver the real work that's done in the Capitol. So uh, I found that interesting. I mean, the first district, uh, there was speaking of dysfunction. Nothing's more dysfunctional than the congressional map process. Uh, your colleagues, both Democrat and Republican, the Black Caucus in the House and the Senate, uh, they gave you a lot of, um, they took your lead, I guess is the best way to put that, on drawing the first district. What was that like working with Republicans and then with your own Democrat caucus? And it must have felt must have been a little proud moment when they gave you that responsibility. It was, and the way that we were able to be unified in this cause, you know, it was very important that we had a first congressional district that was still were able to maintain those protections under the Voting Rights Act, but not now, but looking more towards the trends in the future and when we're doing redistricting 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we had to make some compromises on our end, but, you know, I was really proud that the caucus stayed unified and because of our efforts, you know, we were able to get the emergency clause done so we will have the maps finalized. You were able to draw a district that was a higher minority population in the first. Absolutely. But you also were to protect Congressman Cleaver's district in Kansas City. And there was a time, I mean, the, the situation could have went in multiple different ways, but it could have went where they cut his district out. And you were able to kind of be the one that says, that's not happening over it's me. It's a non-starter, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, Congressman Cleaver is someone who I greatly respect, mm -hmm. and there was never going to be a situation that I would allow them to pit us against each other. So glad to have his back along with the other senators as well. Let's uh, move into the issue that I know is on so many people's minds. Even if you're pro-gun, Right now, the issue of guns in school, um, even if you are never going to support anything that having a gun restricted, right. it, it is on your mind. And I know kids are, most of the kids are out of school, but it, it does, in the back of my mind when I see this, the first thing I think of is, where's Gussie and Millie? Even if it's in Texas or Hawaii yeah. or wherever, it just cuts to the core of you. It does. Give me a solution. What, what can folks, what, what could folks do at the federal level? Not a, not a big defund the police silly talk. Sure. Something real that could happen. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I've, I've really been following President Biden and have supported his plan. You know, three key things that I think could be done. Red flag laws, raising the age from 18 to 21 as far as purchasing a firearm, and then universal background checks. As you know, we've got these gun shows. I feel like every month I see a, a billboard sign for one of them. I mean, I think those are reasonable things that every American should be able to get behind. Do you feel like, it feels to me like the things you mentioned that I mean, maybe they could get done. Those seem possible, but they don't feel like they would stop it. Right. I just don't feel like, honestly, that in the back of my mind, in the pit of my stomach, uh, I just don't feel like that would actually stop a school shooting. Do you? I think it's, it's 
it's too complex of a question. Maybe the red flag law? Maybe yeah. that? Maybe that's where you, that might be what would apply here, right? I would think so, at the, at the bare minimum, but it will make a difference. I mean, there's no one solution where I could say, hey, you know what, this will solve our issue with gun violence. But I'll tell you, I believe that if we do each of these three things, it will have an impact. And it would stop a shooter, that, a shooting that may not have otherwise occurred. Well, let me just ask you the question. And, I, and I'm sure that you, you sit in a body where the majority would, would light themselves on fire rather than be for this. But is it worth having assault rifles legal in this country if they can be used for these mass shootings, in your opinion? I don't. I, I think it's the, the harm and the devastation. I mean, this doesn't happen in other countries. This is a yeah. uniquely American problem. And it's not hard to draw a line between that. I mean, these are literally weapons of war. And there's too many of them on the streets. Let's get into, let's dig into another issue, Roe versus Wade. You can't get on Twitter now without just everybody either celebrating. They, there was even a, it looks like some sort of credible threat on one of the Justice Cabinet. I mean, yeah. it is, uh, it's an odd time to be alive. Uh, if this decision is what folks think it is, where they will now send this back to the states, give me your opinion. And what, what, what does that mean for Missourians? Absolutely. And first of all, you know, I want to say I'm really proud, you know, in my senatorial district, it is the only district that has one of the Planned Parenthood mm -hmm. uh, facilities that is still providing abortions in the state. And I've been honored to be a proud advocate for them and trying to protect them as best we can in a Republican controlled majority. I mean, as you can mm -hmm. see how difficult that is every year, we hear something about them trying to take away a woman's choice. Let me break this down. I mean, practically speaking, to someone in your Senate district or in your congressional district, right? Really, right now, you would drive to the clinic over on Lindell in your district, uh, and 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 pursue an abortion. But in reality, wouldn't you just drive ten minutes across the bridge in Illinois, where you'd probably have an abortion that day with no restrictions? You don't have to. You don't have to go through the litany of things in Missouri. You have to. Sure. I mean, for a woman, is it that much difference right now? Well, in, in you know, it's it's hard to say the same thing for folks who are in Columbia or other parts of our state who need those types of services. So mm -hmm. I would say that's why we need to codify route. This means to take action at the federal level, so there is no ambiguity between state lines. Interesting. All right, let's dig into the uh, let's get into the campaign a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you you took this on, um, obviously running as an incumbent uphill task. Sure. Uh, give me how you're going to win this thing. I'll tell you, what I'm hearing, uh, folks are having buyer's remorse. You know, they really didn't understand the representative that they were electing. Uh, just recently, I was proud to get the endorsement of the 28th Ward. This is one of the wards that is one of the more progressive wards in the it's city the ward of that's near that abortion clinic, correct? That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and was able to get their endorsement and support. So I think you're starting to see that across the board in the city of St. Louis and uh, St. Louis County as well. Uh, bring it down for me. I mean, you've got an incumbent member of Congress. She's a member of the Democrat caucus. Sure. Then in Congress, all these other caucuses, member of the Black <laughs> right. Caucus, the uh, Squad, I or the Progressive Caucus. Um, you know, right now, will you see folks from the uh, uh, leadership in here? Will you see folks in the Black Caucus leadership in here campaigning against you? And how will you handle that? You know, I'm very confident that the leadership of the Black Caucus will not be here. You won't see them campaigning here or supporting her. You know, she has done a very good job of burning bridges, not just with, you know, folks on the other side of the aisle, but her own caucus members. So, you know, we've got a great team of support behind me. Uh, we're going to be rolling out some more of our endor endorsements in the coming weeks. And I mean, we're excited. I mean, just just someone who has voted against so many things that are the priorities of many St. Louisans. I mean, take the infrastructure vote, mm -hmm. you know, pulling up uh, uh, lead pipes so our children could have clean drinking water, fixing our roads and bridges. I mean, you've got someone who is voting against sanctions for Russia. A country that is literally committing war crimes, murdering men, women, and children, and throwing their bodies into mass graves while you're supporting sanctions against Israel. I mean, what, what does that say about the mindset of someone who could do that? 
Break this down for me. I mean, I've, I've always heard in these congressional races, in, in the race that the Congresswoman Bush won, sure. defeated Congressman Clinton, there was a lot of outside groups. Um, I know the, the federal law, if, if people think the state law is, is ridiculous, which it is <laughs> on campaign finance, the sure. federal might even be worse. Uh, but do you anticipate a lot of money coming in from out of the state? I think that uh, that's probably her, her main avenue. Probably both ways, though, right? Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, and for her, I think without her latest report, <clears throat> she's sitting around 250 cash on hand. We'll see. You know, one of the things that I think had good intentions but in the backfiring especially in our state is you know you've got folks creating all these packs when before we when we didn't have limits you know folks could you know where the money was coming from yeah absolutely I, I thought that's one thing that it, I know the Republicans took a lot of heat for but just in the state making it where the you can take any check you want any amount but you got to document it right. and I thought maybe they should have documented maybe monthly like what you reconcile a, a bank book absolutely but that that system in hindsight was certainly more transparent than this system. And I think the politicians prefer to have the money in their account that they control. They'll take the heat for it, but they'd rather control the money than this silly system where everybody kind of breaks a law half the time. It, <laughs> you don't even know what the law is. It, right. it just is a, reformers meant well, but boy, it hasn't worked. It hasn't. It hasn't. And it said the, you know, well, that's one of the unintended consequences yeah. is now you're not able to as easily trace those connections as far as who is really supporting these candidates. Are these really folks from our state? Are they coming in out of state? Who's really, um, uh, behind an individual. So uh, you got a head of steam coming into this. Uh, you, you announced uh, district is something that you know very well because you were probably the chief architect of it. At uh, the end of the day, what's going to be the difference and why should folks vote for you? At the end of the day is folks want someone who is actually going to be able to get things done. Someone who's going to stand with President Biden and work to find solutions as opposed to just burning everything down. I mean, I think folks are tired of people just complaining, saying, you know, identifying all these problems but not being able to work towards a solution. I mean, you take this slogan of defunding the police. What we need to do is reform the police. We need to hold bad uh, officers accountable and we need to get more funding so they can have the proper training to deal with the plethora of situations that they're faced with. Last question. Uh, there have been some political upheaval in St. Louis uh, recently. Uh, some folks on the board of Alderman City Hall are now under indictment. been some resignations. Sure. Um, when you see that, and it's in your district, uh, you have a long history in this city. Um, what do you say to folks that maybe question, you know, when you, when you see these things happen, it happened in the county recently, St. Louis sure. County, uh, you, you question how much you can trust the city government, right. trust government, period. What do you say to folks that, that look at this and say, oh my gosh, there's St. Louis again? Right, well, I'll tell you, I was both shocked and stunned um, hearing about those indictments rolling out, but I'll tell you, from my six years serving in Jefferson City, um, I feel like politicians, we, we elected officials get a bad rap. Democrat, Republican, I, you know, the far majority of folks that I work with on a daily basis, everyone's trying to do the right thing, trying to do what they think is right in a given situation. And it's the rare occurrence where yeah. that's not I the I think case. you're right about that. I do. And I, I think that uh, City Hall is, uh, is experiencing a good time right now once they recover yeah. from. Obviously, what's a, tough, what's a tough time? Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you'll come back as the campaign goes on and fill us in. I'd be honored to. Always a pleasure. Be right back on our Opinion Maker panel. We're going to have the grandfather of the Missouri Republican Party, Steve Elman, joins us after this. As a former sheriff, it alarms me to see some of the attitudes towards those who have taken an oath to defend our communities and keep us safe. We must learn from the failed policies in other cities and states to never allow anti-law enforcement measures to take hold in this state. We must work to strengthen our communities by supporting our men and women in law enforcement. In Missouri, we defend law enforcement, not defund them. 
For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople, while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state, helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work. Ameren, Missouri. Welcome back to Week at Missouri Politics. Busy primary season. We're going to talk all things Republican primaries with Mike Ferguson, the host of the morning's News Talk STL. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's uh, been well since I've been on TV, but uh, this is exactly in my wheelhouse. So the, I appreciate the invitation. The haircut is perfect for it. <laughs> this is my I don't make my living on TV anymore haircut. <laughs> Tim Bringer, Freedom Love in Franklin County got the tide approved. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's always exciting to be here. And everything's coming up, Elvin. The grandfather of the Missouri Republican Party, the man who's done it all, the man that makes you proud to be a Republican. Mr. Elman, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Scott. Big week for you. Uh, you were looking at a long summer. Still got an opponent, but maybe uh, maybe a little more relaxing summer than maybe you were looking at before. Well, our plan is the same. We're going to do the same things mm -hmm. that you need to do, and you know what they are. And uh, maybe we won't have to spend quite as much money, though. And uh, the news you're talking about, obviously, is uh, Senator Onger was running in the primary issue for county executive. He dropped out this week. Tim Bringer, it looks like you're going to have the same northern neighbors you had uh, for most of your career, right? Some prayers get answered, Scott. That's all <laughs> I can say. I mean, Mike, it's going to be a big primary. Now, now it's not, but that's not the end of primaries out there in St. Charles County. No, not at all. I mean, that state Senate race you've got, uh, you know, with uh, Nick Schroer trying to replace Senator mm -hmm. Bob Onger, I think you've got, um, you've got probably one of the highest profile state Senate races in the state in that one. I would not be surprised. I think it's number a, one. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if a lot of money gets dropped into that one and it will start very, very soon being on the public radar around the state. You know, Tim, you know both these guys. John Weeman, the rose leadership in the House, but John Weeman just looks like a senator. I mean, he's tall, he just, his temperament. John Weeman just looks like the kind of guy, if I, if I closed my eyes and thought state senator, John Weeman would be there in my mind. Yeah, our statesman. Yeah. You know, I think he's impressive, and it's going to be a battle. It's going to be exciting to watch. Nick Shore, young guy, got a, got a, got a different makeup. Uh, but when I look at the kind of guys that are doing well in Republican primaries, especially in the suburbs, I look at a Nick Shore. Sharp. I yeah, thought, sharp. to me, Nick has an underrated quality. He's very good at getting on the Internet and, and saying bombastic things and making Democrats angry and Republicans like his tweets or whatever. Nick, I watched him, especially during that Winsville uh, mm -hmm. Ford plant. There was a real serious side to him. I watched him be able to turn it on and actually legislate and, and do some things that you really thought he either he wouldn't be for or maybe he couldn't get done. But I think maybe he uses both of his, uh, he's got a fastball and a curveball, right? Maybe using both pretty well in the house. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, I think it's gonna boil down to personal preference for a lot of voters out there because mm -hmm. I don't think you're gonna lose either one. Yeah. It'd be great representation regardless of how the outcome, I think. Mr. Elman, this is your neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, you've been in that state Senate. Uh, tell, me, uh, tell me about both these guys. 
Well, I was hoping that they'd uh, be in different districts and they could both have mm -hmm. a chance uh, to be state senators. And I think your analysis right on in the old Senate that I remember. That I was in 20 years ago, John would fit right in. Nick would have been different then. Yeah. Uh, but today, uh, he, may, he, he may fit in well uh, in the Missouri Senate. Um, but um, it'll be an interesting race. So uh, let's talk, speaking so of interesting race, Mike Bergson. They're running for U.S. Senate. They've all been in and out of news talk, STL, in some form or another, all the candidates. Most of them. Uh, break it down for me. I mean, let, let's, start the, let's start, I think, Martin McCloskey, Senator Schatz, they're going to do something to shake this race up, right? Yeah, I mean, Mark, Mark McCloskey and, and uh, Dave Schatz, to me, aren't really factors in the overall picture unless you're looking at where their votes are coming from. Uh, you know, yep. this, I think you've got, you know, obviously, Eric Greitens, Eric Schmidt, and Vicki Hartzler. Uh, and I think Vicki Hartzler is underrated if you're looking at the yep. horse race aspect uh, of this. But one of the recent polling, if you trust the polling, and I'm I'm questionable, questionable about the state of polling right now, is the huge number of undecided voters. And I don't think that they're undecided about Eric Greitens. I think they're undecided right. about Vicki Hartzler or Eric Schmidt. I think you either really like Eric Greitens or you really don't. So I think the numbers that we're seeing for him, that's his ceiling. I don't think he goes much higher, but I think that there is still an upside in growth potential in votes for Vicki Hartzler and Eric Schmidt. And I think both of them have a path to victory. Start at the end here. You know Dave Schatz very well, as do I. I, think, I couldn't think higher of someone than I do Dave Schatz. Serious person, done serious things in state government. Um, but thus far, he started a little later than some. Thus far, you're mm -hmm. not seeing that reflected in the polling. Yeah, he sure is. I mean, personal friend, he golfs okay, but <laughs> but uh, I won't tell him that. The uh, the fact of the matter is, yeah, he he's from Franklin, president pro tem of the Senate currently. Who's going to fill those shoes? You know, is it is it? Uh, well, you know, Caleb you know, or? you know Dave Schatz well better than anybody on here. I assume you're voting for Dave Schatz. You know what? I'm I'm going to have to. Tell folks uh, why. Dave's a, f a friend of mine. He he'll speak to you as though he, he cares about you because he does. Yeah. And, and I really, truly respect that in an individual that can bring those personal feelings across and extend them and make that connection. And, and he's shown that he can deliver goods. He can deliver goods that aren't popular yep. and get it done like he did with the fuel tax. Mm -hmm. or, I'm sorry, the fuel opportunity there you go. is what I'll call it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's impressive. It's, it's Gilman, building consensus. We were reminded all session that St. Charles County produces the most Republican votes in the state. Uh, obviously, that become a big say in how this race turns out. Handicap where folks are right now in St. Charles County. Boy, uh, I know where I am. I, I, I've supported Eric Schmidt uh, from the uh, the first week, and uh, and I'm still uh, obviously supporting him. Uh, but I, I think I think you're you're right. I think there's a there's a top for for Greitens, and it's just a matter of those two or three others uh, if they can make a push. There's an opportunity there. All right, explain to me. I have, a, I have a theory. If your listeners had dinner with Billy Long, 80% mm -hmm. of them would vote for him. I think they would like it. Billy's a really Billy like him, know him? very gregarious. Yeah. He's, he's, his district, he's going to do very well in his district. Very popular. You know, he won a big scramble jungle primary the first time he ran to Which they're all Republicans in his district. All right? district, yeah, very red, very high percentage. They would really, really like him. But I also think when you look at the listenership that we have at News Talk STL, sure. you want people who are fighters. Uh, and I think that's what's going to appeal to a lot of people across the state is who's going to be that Ron DeSantis type of fighter, that Donald Trump type of fighter. You know, who is it that uh, I know is going to go in there and proverbially punch somebody in the face 
to take on you know, take on uh, you know, the threats that we have economically, culturally, all that sort of thing. I think that's more of a deciding factor for a lot of voters. And with Eric Greitens, I think it's either you like him or you don't. I mean, yeah. I, I, again, I don't think he's, I don't think he's yeah. got much more of a, a, a growth uh, opportunity for growth. Where he's at is where he's at, and he better hope everybody else stays where they are now. Uh, Steve Ullman, I mean, replacing Roy Blunt, my God. I mean, when you look at the Mount Rushmore of Missouri senators, you'd have Thomas Hart Benton, Kid Bond, maybe Eagleton or Symington, then you'd have Roy Blunt. I mean, the things he's done for this state have, has been amazing. And he really, the, the funny part is, I agree, I think people want a fighter. What they have is a guy that has been a great statesman and delivered things. They'll drive on a, a, a road Roy Blunt built and drink water that Roy Blunt cleaned and flush the toilet that Roy Blunt had not run into the groundwater, and they'll be wanting a fighter that could probably do none of that. It's an interesting dichotomy. We've, I'm sure you've seen Roy operate, know how he operates in the Senate, and yeah, he fights very, very hard, but in his way. Yes. And, and, and I would argue that he's been a tremendous fighter for the people of Missouri, but he's also been a winner. Yeah. Because he knows how to make things happen. He knows how to get things done. I mean, it's one thing to come home and, and talk about how you fought for things. It's even better if you can come home and say, I fought and we won. Look what, look what we were able to pass in Congress. Look what we were able to pass in the legislature. And I think it's going to make a, a better life for, for you. And uh, Roy was always able to do that. And I think to be effective, you've got to do both. You've got to be a fighter, but you've got to be smart and know how to win. Tim Brigger, I heard both of these things. And uh, it's, it's weird. Yeah, folks on the panel, you're both of them. I think folks want a fighter, but I also think that, I mean, let's be honest, we as Republicans, have we just decided we'd rather fight than win? I mean, that's kind of what it feels like to me sometimes. And to some, it's, that's been the case. Now, what do we want as Missourians? You know, the show me state, show me results, show me effort, and you'll be rewarded with another vote. But the, those results got to come. And that's where Senator Blunt has really delivered. And they draw a lot of, I draw a lot of similarities Absolutely. to him and Steve Elman mm -hmm. being a great historian and applying that history and that track record to today's events and needs and bringing them forth. It's, it's impressive. Well, Roy and I were both history teachers in high school. That's, ah. see? <laughs> oh, that is an, I like that. I mean, do you feel like, I mean, you, uh, you talk to more Republican activists than, in a given day than I do. It feels like when I go to events, not, not just in St. Louis, but primarily the suburbs, it gets a little less outstate. They were, if they could pick a guy that fought and got nothing done or a guy that got things done, I'm not sure they might pick the fighter. They're, you're not sure they won't pick the fighter? I think they would pick the fighter, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think they'll pick the fighter. I think right now that's, that's where you've got, I mean, you look at whether it's a national or the state, I mean, the, the, the knockdown drag out over all these highly charged emotional issues. Uh, for instance, you talk about getting things done. Uh, the conservative caucus, for instance, uh, they were uh, very proud of stuff that they stopped. You know, that to them mm -hmm. was a win. And there are a lot of voters who are looking at stopping bad ideas as a win. So I do think that they they want they want that fighter. And, you know, Vicki Hartzler and uh, Eric Schmidt and Eric Greitens are all going to be uh, allies with Donald Trump to some degree, you know, if and when he runs and possibly wins again as presidency, uh, but they're all positioning themselves as I'm going to be the uncompromising fighter. I'm not going to betray the values. I think that is what, uh, that's what's going to determine a lot of these votes in the suburbs and outstate Missouri. Speaking of that, let's talk about a state senator race in your neck of the woods. You've got a three-way race uh, in Franklin County, but you also, you brought in Herman, Warren County. Tell folks about the race. Yeah, folks the 26. So you've got, uh, you got Bob Jones, Ben Brown, and... Uh, ben Brown has been on before. Nate Tate's been on. Tell right. folks about Nate uh, Tate. Mr. Jones. I'll tell you what. Uh, Bob's a nice guy. He, he, uh, 
he gets it down to earth, it's going to be an interesting battle as to, you know, the, the Ben Brown, obviously the anti-Sam Page, the Nate Tate, the establishment guy, or Bob Jones, the uh, businessman, uh, retired looking to step into the game and present himself and his successes. So it's going to be very, very fascinating to watch this unfold. It's going to be a hot seat. Let's roll a couple of predictions here on this U.S. Senate race. So uh, what do you think the person that wins this race, what percent would they have? This primary. I think somebody can win this race with 26 or 27 percent of the vote in the mm -hmm. primary, which makes it anybody's game yeah. at all. Who, what, what, who do you think the winner walks out with on election night? Uh, Percentage-wise? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking 22 points max. Really? What do you think? I was going to say 28 right for you. 26. Yeah, See, I think if it's, right, if it's 25, 26, Eric Ryan is probably the winner. If the winner has more than that, I think it's probably somebody else. Maybe Schmidt or Hartzler. A lot of dirt to shovel yet. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be some unveiling yet to be told. All right, so I'm going to ask you the impossible. Donald Trump obviously wouldn't make a difference in this race. We've seen his endorsement kind of hit and miss with different folks. I believe if he endorsed like a Vicky Hartzler, he would bring a whole different group of people to her. She might be unstoppable. If you endorse Eric Schmidt, I don't, if your whole campaign is grinding, is I'm, I'm the most loving of Trump. If he shuns you, that's tough to get over. Does he get involved? Uh, if he was going to, wouldn't he have done it by now? This feels right. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I kind of lean that way. I think he'd have been forthright because the more this, go the longer this goes with the indecisiveness, I think the more valuable it becomes, and perhaps he will jump in late. Well, I mean, if you're him, it's got to be a little old because you got everybody in your life grifting something right. off the U.S. Senate race. You got the the JV kids are trying right. to get stuff, and you know, just the, anybody that's ever shook his hands like trying to sell their uh, endorsement to somebody in Missouri. Pardon me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> what what happens? Does the president pick a, pick a horse here? I think if there's a, a, a clear winner with his endorsement, yeah, but I don't know that there's an upside for Donald Trump making endorsement anytime soon. I think I think that you're, you're right. I, I think the longer that he waits, the more valuable it becomes. I think if I were his strategist, not that he would listen to any strategist, he just does his own thing, I think he's going to look to say, okay, where can I guarantee myself an endorsement win? And that may have as much to do with an endorsement with him, but I don't see a value add for President so Trump. Here's right the now. interesting thing. You're saying that Republicans, and I agree with you, might pick a fighter over a winner. Donald Trump, the guy they're probably modeling, he'd rather pick a winner. Yeah, because Donald Trump's focused on 2024 and what, what kind of Congress he's going to have around him. He's going to want people that he can trust, and that may make somebody question. I think he just kind of likes being right. I picked this guy. He's my guy. <laughs> yeah. With a minute left, Mr. Elman, who won the week? Who won the week? Um, Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. yeah. He survived. It's, uh, but it's a terrible commentary on the, where we've come to in this country. It really is. Yeah. Who won the week? Well, my neighbor, Steve Elman, in the St. Yeah. Charles County folks, uh, God bless America. One week. I think potentially the citizens of the uh, city of St. Louis with the corruption indictments, there's going to be, at least for a little while, while people are watching, uh, a real effort to try to clean up St. Louis. Whether it works or not, we'll, we'll see. Uh, uh, you kinda, I think you stole the real winner of the week, Tim. But I'm going to say there was another person who dropped out of the race when uh, Representative Pikesman dropped out of the Senate race up in uh, Lincoln County, over little Callaway. I think you might see Mike Carter. I've already heard him on the radio. I think he may, he may be the winner of the week. It just may take him six weeks to win it. We'll see you next week from our Warrensburg studios for This Week in Missouri Politics. Support for this program has been provided by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren, Spire, and Sterling Bank.
I'm a history buff, like I know a lot of you are if you watch the show. We're doing a thing of the history of Missouri. We're going to do it one county at a time. We call it Show Me Missouri. We're going to travel to all 114 counties of the state. We'll have a member of the Farm Bureau, a county elected official, some of your state legislators you see here on the show. We're going to talk about the history, what's happening now in the county, and how the two are interconnected. It's a passion project of mine. If you like history, I hope you'll get involved. Follow us. Uh, go to MissouriTimes.com. You can see it. We'll probably branch it off into its own social media at some point. But you've been so good to us at the Missouri Times, the show, different papers. This is a passion project that I hope you'll enjoy. It's called Show Me Missouri. The history of Missouri, one county at a time. The first county was Polk County. We had a great time. And we hope you'll uh, go to MissouriTimes.com, find out a little bit about it. And if you like the history of the state, I hope you'll enjoy it.